Hey, everybody. This is Coffin Over Comfort Zone. Welcome back to the Uncomfortable Community. We've got another guest for you to listen to. Her name is Melanie Rock. Ah, Melanie Hunt. Melanie Hunt. She's yeah, I never know what to refer to people with on the their podcast. married names. Yeah, 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 exactly. Well, when she was competing as a gymnast, it was Melanie Rocca. Yes. So I think it's kind of fair to say that. But so we. That's a sneak peek that she's a gymnast, you could say. So yeah, she is a gymnast. Um, she has so many accolades. Uh, we talk about that in this episode. This was a great conversation. I had a lot of fun. Um, with this one how about you did you enjoy this one this is probably our most serious but also most fun episode if that S- makes any sense see that's what she said afterwards too she said that it was michael scott it was definitely <laughs> it was definitely fun and she didn't really know like how much fun it was going to be so i thought that was actually kind of cool that we actually maintain a level of fun but also got into some serious conversation about um you know like mental health challenges in regards to uh, the sport of gymnastics. So uh, let us know what you guys think. Uh, don't forget to like, review, subscribe so that you can be here for our next Uncomfortable Community episode as well. Hope you enjoy. I'm ready. Okay. you guys didn't find that too um, abra- is abrasive is that the word it's abrasive the word I think so aggressive Abra- yeah. Hey. aggressive yeah who was that just who was that who was that just chiming in surprise who goes there what's your name my name's Mel What's hi Mel Mel <laughs> welcome to the show welcome to Coffin Over Comfort Zone thank you for having me I How apologize you... for uh, blasting that intro into your ears there <laughs> like that sorry so like I didn't know this thing like amplified everything like it's just everything just is loud yeah whatever signals coming out of the computer it's getting louder in our okay. heads dope okay wait Mel's got uh she's got one of those like affirmations on the table there is she, that what those she, are that's what they are she picked one out hold on go ahead let's start off with this read that okay I am open to things being easier and more magical than I could ever imagine. Sounds like she got it at Disney World. <laughs> sounds beautiful. Uh, so where's you, where are these from? What are expl- uh, Give uh, some context of what's just happening, because uh, uh, I turned to look over my shoulder, and all I heard was, pick a card, any card. And yeah. I thought Dan was about to do a magic trick. <laughs> so, no, a friend of mine, she made, like, a box of uh, affirmations for me. It was, like, a birthday gift or a Christmas gift or something like that. Okay. So you're supposed to just pull one out and then just talk about it or just repeat it to yourself, like, three times in the morning. Oh, like a little mantra? Mantra? Yeah. Mantra or mantra? Mantra? I say I say mantra. Oh. Uh, I think I say mantra, too. Mantra. I think it is mantra. Mantra? <laughs> Sounds sounds a little more educated when you say mantra. If at any point you find this guy embarrassing, just <laughs> hey, it's, hey. Po- it's pointless to say it because he knows it. Too. Listen, we've spent <laughs> how long have we spent? We spent like a prolonged week together, I think. I was gonna we? say you yeah. guys got like I didn't know that you were at that wedding. 
I was there. Yeah, I didn't realize that you were at that wedding. So is that when you guys met? I think so. I think so. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because I've spoke about that too on the podcast. How um, when I first began f- doing photography, I would never do a destination wedding or want to go to one because I'm like, why would I waste my money? going to someone else's event when you know two, about two of the days are probably wasted on the wedding itself. And then after that specific wedding, I was like, these are the best things in the <laughs> world because I've explained it before, like that week as adults together is like five to 10 years, even more of like running into each other at bars and things like that. Yeah. Like that friendship you build over just that week, it's so crazy. I remember landing in the airport and I had no luggage, so I just had carry on. And I think everyone went to get luggage. And I was just like, okay, bye. <laughs> and I just put my backpack <laughs> just, on and walked out of the airport left. by myself. And I was like, that was so sad, but so happy, but so sad. Meanwhile, everyone's got like a couple that they're with. Yeah, it was crazy. <laughs> was that the wedding? Now, I don't know. I've done two in Cabo now. Um, was that the one everyone... Now, I don't know if someone told me this as well to make me sad and jealous. Did everyone talk, stand around and t- talk about their favorite memory? As you um, waited for the luggage? I don't recall that. Okay, somebody was just making me feel bad for leaving then. <laughs> Probably. Because they were like, yeah, we all stood around and talked about our favorite moment and all this. And I was like, you sons Aww. of bitches. Yeah, I was, I was, I was, but I was like, bitch, I'm already past <laughs> Kitchener. Yeah. <laughs> By the time like you guys had all got your luggage, I was yeah. halfway home. That's so the way to travel. In the same sense, that whole time I was sad until I realized <laughs> my travel advantage. And there was just two middle fingers in the air. <laughs> I'm on my way home, bitches. See, another. this is another time where the guests that we've met uh, or the guests that we've had on the show has a lot cooler story about how they met you versus how we met. Because meeting in, like, like a fancy, like, wedding, like, tropical place sounds awesome. But how you and I met was actually probably by surprise and probably by accident, too. Because, um, so our mutual friend, Ange, you, you guys were at McMaster together. And, or was it, no, Mohawk. Shout out McMaster. Shout out Mohawk. It was Mohawk. It was Mohawk, yeah. But and we were on Mac campus. Right. And oh, I was spe- good memory. So, yeah, I was speaking at McMaster, and she didn't know I was going to be there. And I don't even think, yeah, you obviously, I didn't met you before either. Um, actually... <laughs> Wait, so go ahead, go ahead. You tell the story then. You tell the story. No, we. Uh-uh. I was waiting for you to get to that. We had met before. Oh, no. We had met before that? <laughs> yeah. Dan, you got to tighten up, buddy. You got to tighten up. All right, I got to hear this. Yeah, I got to hear this. Let's hear what happened here. So pretty sure the first time we met was you did a talk for community living. And I was working there as a job coach in the summer. And then you were chit-chatting with one of, one of my coworkers. And I came over. And then we kind of got introduced then. What? Obviously, it wasn't memorable. <laughs> <laughs> what year would this have been? Would this have been like 2011, 12? Something like that. But then when, when we met again in, at Mohawk. Did I know who you were? You knew my name. How? What yeah. a, so he went from being forgetful to full stock or creep by accident. <laughs> I didn't even have Is Instagram this? or anything at that point. So I wouldn't even know how like to creep or anything. Like I wouldn't I wouldn't know any of that. Seems, seems that is suspicious. so funny. Yeah. What? Weird. That's that's Dan, you're weird. making our uh, guests feel sad over here. <laughs> Come on. Yeah. But I obviously <laughs> would, I obviously must yes, have redeemed myself because like You mm- did. 
Yeah. I don't know. You knew my name. And I was like, there's no way. And Ange, like you were talking with Ange and I came over and you knew right away that I was Mel. Man, this is crazy. Yeah. This is nuts. Don't worry. At our live uh, podcast the other night, Dan literally said he took his wheelchair out and floated on water. And somebody in the crowd straight up was like, no, you didn't. <laughs> You're lying at this point. <laughs> So don't worry about like him not remembering you. This man thought he walked on water. So you know what? His memory's a little hazy at this point. That's funny. I do find that funny. That well, was pretty funny that we had someone in the crowd to refute that claim. Just shout me out or just turn me down right there. Well, I appreciate that memory. I thank you for sharing that. Um, but yeah, welcome. Thank you. Um, thanks did for you, being here. Did you when you re met Dan? Did you know he didn't know who you were, or were you surprised when he knew your name? But yeah, he I didn't was. I was very surprised. But I was, like, was it obvious he didn't know who you were, though, or no? It was he, a confusing no, situation. Well, you, you played it off like you did. Oh, okay, yeah. that's what I mean. It was probably it was pretty smooth. I, yeah. Did I say Mel? Yeah, and then See, I remember. I think you're just getting old, and you probably knew at that time. And now have forgotten that you knew at that time. So. Yeah, must be. Because even I said to Ange after, I was like, I can't believe he remembered me. Right. And yeah, yeah, yeah. So you're getting old, man. I'm getting good. Hey, you're getting good, he <laughs> says. After every podcast, he's like, wait, what do we talk about? <laughs> That's not fair because these things, they overlap. And like conversations, like... We have good. We you and I have had conversations this, like all the time. So some of them just don't. Now that they're recorded, doesn't mean I remember them more. Yeah, that's true. <laughs> oh that's man. so funny. But yeah, so Mel, please tell us about yourself. Well, actually, I want to first tell you this. Um, so you come to us on this episode recommended by someone, and I love the dynamic of that because when this individual had mentioned you. She had said that, uh, uh, oh, yeah, Mel, like she says she doesn't really know you. And I was like, what? Mel Rocco? I know who that is. Absolutely, I know who it is. But this then, flip flop and left. Hold on, right. though. Then, yeah. I, then I jumped on. <laughs> then I jumped on. Well, here it goes. It's, it's about to flip again. But then I jumped on, on Google because you said like you did gymnastics. And then I jumped on Google and I was like, I don't know this person. <laughs> At all. Like, I know nothing. The stuff I was reading, I was like, there's no way this is the same person. <laughs> I almost texted Angie and was like, is this actually Mel? <laughs> I couldn't believe it. I was so shocked and, like, blown away. I was like, I met this person? I just, Man, it was, I was impressed. Like, I just had to get that oh. out there. I just want to tell you. That I was like, and there was even, like, a video of you on YouTube, like, doing stuff. I was like, what? <laughs> like, what? So, like props to you thank and you like i found that you know you were inducted in the sarnia sports hall of fame in 2015 i was like i was oh, what? what yeah, yeah. Thank congratulations exactly. <laughs> that's like, amazing Jeez, guys and then that's like a... just listing like all looking at like all the countries that you like competed in like i just honestly i was just re i was like okay so canada and the united states obviously and then like belgium china taiwan <laughs> slovenia ukraine i was like who is this person? <laughs> like, and I, I thought, but as soon as I was like, oh, yeah, I know Mel. Oh, yeah, of course. Why would she say that she doesn't know me or I don't know her? And I was like, uh, yeah, she, that's accurate. That is Okay. Accurate. Well, first of all, I didn't mean like I didn't know you know you. I, we know each other. <laughs> Absolutely. But, but like, yeah, I, I just didn't want her to think, you know, I had your number or something. Like, uh -huh. I didn't get it until you. she gave it to you. Absolutely. And like, I... 
like I said, I just couldn't believe. I just couldn't believe like this was the same person that like I had met. This was the same person that like, well, same person that I had met, and also the same person that I forgot. But then also the same person I <laughs> knew who I met, then <laughs> forgot, and then right. Yeah, all those things. Oh my goodness. So. This is like one of those movies, like Memento, that goes backwards. I'm trying to follow Dan's timeline. Of I've got my knew timeline. you, didn't know you, know I've got you. My timeline. Knows your name, but doesn't know you. <laughs> <laughs> He's figuring life out. Okay, so tell us. Wait, quick question. Yeah. Are you in the Sports Hall of Fame, too? I am. So I'm what? sitting in the room. Yeah, Whoa! Yeah. I didn't know that. <laughs> Have I you ever met another inductee to the, other than the class you were inducted with? Uh, no, I don't think so. Because I was always scared to go in that room in the arena because, like, I know where it is. Yeah. But I've never gone in it because it's like, it seems like a, is the word hollowed? Ho hollowed? Hollowed? Yeah. Hallowed. Hallowed. Thank yeah. you. Yeah, yeah, hallowed. Okay, I was thinking more like uh, Harry Potter. Like yeah, hollow. <laughs> uh, <laughs> I was always scared to go in that room. So, like, I knew what was in there. But you two are both in there. I am in there. I'm I sitting in the that. graces of two Sarnia athletic inductees well, can I, can to I, the Hall of Fame. Can I add context to mine? Because I'm in there for, like, I don't know where the plaque is or whatever, but it says outstanding motivational <laughs> speaking. <laughs> That's awesome. But Which is dope, which yeah. is cool. And, like, I'm absolutely I'm honored. But it's. I never considered motivational speaking a sport. But I was going to say, are you the only person in the Sports Hall of Fame then that's not an actual sport? I, I mean, oh. we can we can call out the curling teams too, but I mean, I don't want to go that far, guys. We're going to get canceled if we do that. Oh, yeah, we just got canceled. Yeah, yeah, we just got canceled by about 17. So, Mel, people. we're not airing this episode now, so we're going to restart this episode. Okay, let's restart. Yeah, 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 yeah. We got to get those 17 white people back. Let's go. Yeah. So, restart and three, two, one. Oh. Curling is my favorite Olympic sport. <laughs> We're just going to edit and cut right there. <laughs> but no, I, uh, no, I, yeah, I'm in for, yeah, motivational speaking. So, yes. Yeah, That's yeah. amazing. Yeah. Congrats. Appreciate it. Thank what you. year? Uh, two th it'd be 2018 then. Yeah, mine's 2018. Nice. So, yeah. after. Yeah. yeah. Oh, yeah. she's a senior to you in there, right? <laughs> We're both in, bro. Yeah. He, you're not. He got a little defensive there <laughs> when I said you're the senior to him in the yeah, uh, Hall did. of Fame. He got a little defensive. <laughs> it's all right, bro. I know you're in there, and I know I'm not. It's okay. Oh. It's okay. Okay, so Mel, please. So this is one of our first interviews where we don't really have an idea. Not an idea. We just want... I'm looking forward to just getting to know like another side of you, another part of you. So please, you can start wherever you want. Like if you want to start with gymnastics, you can like tell us like the floor is yours. Ooh, that's <laughs> scary. That's I, uncomfortable. I will say though, it is crazy to say like to know and you kind of said it is like I met you at a destination wedding. No idea of anything. I think it's so cool when you meet adults and, like, you don't know anything about them before of, like, what they've done or, like, what they went to school. Anything like that. You're just like, oh, shit. You did, like, gymnastics? Like, that's <laughs> what I was like. When he texted me, I was like, what the fuck? Like, do you tell I people that? No. No, it's not like we're on a destination <laughs> wedding and she's wearing a name tag. Like, yeah. I did gymnastics <laughs> or anything like that. It's, unless it came up in conversation, maybe. Like, maybe I would brag about my flexibility from jiu-jitsu and then somehow it would come up. But I honestly, like, not even kidding. 
Like, after watching you, I was like, I would somehow definitely weave that into conversation. <laughs> <laughs> somehow, every time work in your YouTube link, oh, just oh, be yeah. like, you know what? If you scan this QR code in the middle of this conversation, <laughs> you might be impressed. Uh, That's too funny. Are you on the YouTubes doing gymnastics? I am. Let me look it up while you introduce what, uh, your, sure. what you do. Yeah, well, first of all, to address the whole bringing it up in conversation, it doesn't come up because, like, now you can play volleyball, like, recreationally mm -hmm. or whatever, mm -hmm. and, like, soccer or grab a group of friends and go play touch football, but you can't really do that with gymnastics. So it mm -hmm. doesn't really, it's not like, you know, someone says, hey, guys, let's go to the park and do some gymnastics. Like, mm -hmm. it's kind of a thing that I was good at at one time, and then you don't really play it as an adult. Yeah, 100%. Unless you're, like, one of those, like, uh, people that do parkour. Oh, yeah. That's about, like, the <laughs> only, like, application for <laughs> it. And, and I was going to say weirdos that do parkour, and I didn't even have to because both of you started laughing at the concept. Of, but it's true. That's really the only application of gymnastics once you're out of the sport you of gymnastics. You know what? CrossFit. CrossFit? CrossFit, yeah. okay. Cirque du Soleil. Mm-hmm. Cirque if you can get into like performance as well. Yeah. But other than that, like a lot of, um, I guess you could say like also a lot of Olympic based sports, if you're not doing it once you're done it, it's done. Yeah. Like, like imagine you're a long like jumper. triple jump. Oh yeah, there it is. Yeah, be, yeah exactly. you're, you're yeah. not just going out on Sunday. Like, hey, let's go just do a couple <laughs> long jumps. You know what I mean? Like right. it doesn't just have a couple pole vaults. It doesn't just happen yeah. like that. So yeah, it's definitely a unique sport in the sense that, I guess you could say there's a hard end to it. Yeah. Is that safe to say? Yeah. Or like a hard end when it comes to like a realistic end to it. Like you can still drag it on, but then you're like, am I really competing and things like that? Yeah. No, I think that's accurate. A hard end. Yeah. Unless you coach, but then that's, you're not doing it. No. So, Did yeah. you ever have an interest in coaching? I did it for about a year after, just like parents and tots kind of mm -hmm. thing. Um, but at the time, it was too hard to coach and not actually do it. Oh, so I, oh yeah. I gave that up. Yeah. yeah. I find I'm doing, it's probably the similar mentality too. I've just got back into skateboarding. Oh, yeah. Um, over COVID. And I used to actually, turns it, it worked out for the best because I'm actually better now than I used to because of YouTube and stuff, the resources. But one of my biggest fears was when I started, and it's probably the same with gymnastics, is you know how good you can be, but you know, like, the work and everything you have to put in to get there. And then, yeah. like, when you're teaching and stuff, you're like, I could do these, like, uneven bars. But then you're like, wait a minute, I don't have time to put in 10 hours a day and get there again. Right. Because there's a, there's a lot that goes into gymnastics. There is. Like, that's, like, and just, like, reading, like, your pedigree, like, that's, like, how many, like... How many hours a week and everything like did you have to Yeah, so I started training 25 hours a week when I was 7. <laughs> That's why I don't think a lot of people realize about gymnastics. <laughs> I don't know if gymnastics were invented by Russians, but it's basically turning little kids into super soldiers by oh the time they're God. like 7 years old. Yeah. Like cuz you seven? have to start Yeah. You have to start <laughs> training at that age, right? Like to yeah. be competitive. I so I actually started when I was four, but it was more Jeez. just like fun, fun stuff, humbling kind of stuff. Yeah, yep. and then um, I got asked to go up to like the pre elite is what they called it, and so it was twenty five hours a week. So you, we would 
train from seven in the morning till nine in the morning, then all get a bus to school. And they kind of had three schools, one Catholic grade school, one public grade school, and then one high school. So designated schools. Yep. yep. So we'd all get in this bus together. They'd drop us off. And then the same bus would pick us up from school at three. <laughs> well, 2.30, bring us back to the gym, and we would train again from 3 till 6. That's great. You know what's crazy, too, is Bruh. that you actually went to school because in the States, if I'm not mistaken, they drop out of school by the time they're 8 or 9, right? If you're, like, really hard into it. Yeah, I think so. I 100% don't know, but I think a lot of them are homeschooled. Yes, exactly. Ed. You find your way around yeah. it because you're training so many hours. 12 hours a day to be yeah. on like the U.S. Olympic. I mean, that's your end goal mm -hmm. usually because like we ju were just talking about, there's no freaking beer league gymnastics. <laughs> you know what no. I mean? There's no drunk fucking... There's no pickup, there's no pickup yeah, gymnastics. Yeah, no drunk thing. balance yeah. beam no. or anything yeah. like that. No. That ain't happening on a Tuesday night. Definitely so. not. Oh, my goodness. So I that that's, that's interesting. It's it's interesting to know that that exists in Canada. Like I'm always interested in subcultures and like little niches like that. Mm -hmm. And it's crazy to know that exists when I was just going to school and then going to the YMCA program after school until like 5 p.m. and then just going home. Right. There yeah. was some yeah. someone else fucking just before and the only people I knew that did that kind of were figure skaters. Yeah. Yep. They were under a very similar um schedule yeah, yeah yeah because they had to get in and out before the hockey players which take much <coughs> priority right so freaking poor figure skaters they were practicing <laughs> at like 5 a.m before school i was like you crazy yeah. so while we were like just like gunning it on like mario kart and stuff mm -hmm. like that like you were just out here flipping lit like just yeah like well, constantly. you were out here out running and fucking little white kids in the Terry Fox. And ride. I thought that was impressive. <laughs> yeah, this but that is impressive. <laughs> <laughs> A bunch of white kids walking around cheating, getting their little stamp <laughs> fucking stamp twice. Do you know what he's lap. talking about? Do you know what he's referencing? The Terry Fox yeah. one? Well, uh, like, we were talking uh, one podcast. We went to the same elementary school. Right. And he tried to claim that the moment he realized he was really athletic was at the Terry Fox run when he was passing everybody. It is. But <laughs> I was like, you realize that was all white kids walking and <laughs> cheating to get extra stamps. So, like, to get stamps, you have to get, like, a hole punch. So, like, kids would, like, fold their paper to show how many yeah. laps no. they did. Oh, yeah. They're like, oh, you have to do at least 10 laps. So, kids would just be walking around and just fold hey, their thing in half. Hot, like, hot topic. Terry Fox never finished the, the, the oh, race. Bro, so, bro. like, you could take two for one. Come on. <laughs> oh, that hurts. <laughs> Come on, man. <laughs> Oh, but yeah, he he talked about how he, that's when he realized he was athletic, and I was like, I like objectively <laughs> looked at the reality of what was happening, and I I remember like walking with my friends, being like, man, this is a great day of relaxation. <laughs> hey, it's all a matter of perspective. It is. If, if, if you can get that false confidence, <laughs> it led Jeez, to a, a career athleticism <laughs> forum. So. Also, it, Terry Fox is a hero. I Terry just, Fox is the greatest yeah. athlete. Just need to yes, thank he you. Is, thank he is. Yeah, absolutely. I do like to make. I wish I was a stand-up comedian because I like to make the joke. Imagine how anticlimactic, though, it would have been at an intersection waiting for Terry Fox to arrive, because you don't have social media or anything like that, and you, you just, just sit there. You hear whispers, but then all you'd hear is that single. Yeah. 
for a full like two kilometers, and then he's coming by. I've seen video. He's not running fast. He does. He's not moving. No, no. Move. So you're like running at a collapse by the time <laughs> he gets through that intersection. That's what I always just thought. I always thought it'd be so funny to actually be there because it would have been so anticlimactic. Uh, I've never thought of it that way. Yeah. I mean, shout out Terry Fox. Thank you. Yeah. Shout out <laughs> fuck cancer. All that fun stuff. But there we go. also. Shout out the image of waiting for him to arrive at the intersection. <laughs> so, so, okay. <laughs> so what year would it be? So when Please you, don't cancel me. <laughs> when you like finished your career, like I was curious, like how long did your career go for? Like in gym, like when so so from seven till nineteen. Wow. Mm -hmm. That's like that's like a, a life. That's almost an entire life. Yeah. It was. If well, I mean, now I think I've been out of gymnastics for longer than I was in it. Mm -hmm. But that only recently happened, where I kind of crossed that threshold. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, it was my whole life. That's all I did. And like, so changing up your, I guess your schedule. Like, what was that like? You know, immediately after it ended, like how difficult, like how tough was that? Once I stopped. Yeah. You mean? <clears throat> Yeah, it was uh, it was hard in so many ways because I associated who I was as a person mm -hmm. as like I was a gymnast. I didn't know who I was outside of that. So the schedule kind of felt like freedom. Um, I could do whatever I wanted now. I could eat whatever I wanted now. I could socialize with people, um, go away to school, whatnot. But yeah, it was freeing on one hand and then on the other hand i was completely lost mm -hmm. jeez i watched a um thing a little mini documentary on that simone biles and mm -hmm. obviously you know who that is mm -hmm. and she basically she mirrored what you just said about how that was that how that becomes her identity mm -hmm. but the difference was was I think she was trained to accept it and she even like kind of, I think she was lucky and had objective experience and was like, yeah, basically it takes up your whole life, but that's what you got to do. Like she somehow had like, she was lucky and had that introspective like knowledge being so young, which I don't think many are lucky to have. Or maybe it's just come now that she's one of the older gymnasts on the team as well. But she was talking about how basically you have to, because they're like, do you have any spare time as a gymnast? And she's like, no. It was GQ's most popular questions. And she's like, no, you don't. And it was like, oh, I expected her to lie a little bit, you right. know what I mean? And kind of yeah. glamorize. But she's like, no, yeah. you don't. You just got to practice all the time. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, she's 22 now, I think. So it's awesome that she's actually an adult competing. Because mm -hmm. um, I think... That helps for a lot of different reasons, but you are mature enough to kind of make your own decisions in a way. Like, I don't know if you've been following what's going on now. We, we re I was going to say, like, I was going to ask you about that because it's interesting that that's happening right now as yeah. you're arriving here. I thought that was kind of cool. Yeah. But, uh, but, yeah, go ahead. Well, just the fact that she kind of pulled herself out because <gasps> she was having some mental blocks or, you know, struggling. I don't know exactly. Uh, I don't watch the Olympics. Um, mm -hmm. We'll get to that maybe. But yeah. anyways, uh, yeah. And so she, I think a lot of uh, children will say, because gymnasts 
peak when they're young, mm. like historically. I, I think now they're getting older. Yeah, I was going to ask, like 19 even used to be yeah, that's considered old. old. Yeah. I just watched a little YouTube special about, <laughs> I think it was a Bulgarian girl. She's been at like eight Olympics. She's like 42. Yeah. Do you know what I'm talking yeah. about? I think Bul like some Eastern European. I think Afghanistan. Okay. But so like Oksana Chusevitna. I think so. Yeah. yeah. She she's like slowly got boy. shorter and yeah. shorter hair. She yeah. went from like a beautiful lady to a middle-aged <laughs> man somehow in the course of gymnastics. <laughs> but it's so true. But I was like, I don't know if she transitioned or just got shorter hair and stronger. But she's like 42 and killed. She yeah. like medaled this year, it looked like. It was her eighth Olympics. That's crazy. Yeah. So Which it's is cool that of. things have changed. Yeah, it's just crazy because there is that natural part of um gymnastics too where the older you get you just can't keep up with the younger people because of what's like um what's, what's required needed, of your body what's required. Yeah. Yeah. yeah yeah i and i think that's changing too which is awesome mm -hmm. so before like when i was in gym it was you needed to be like prepubescent mm -hmm. so because you're once you hit puberty and your center of mass changes um, you lose, you tend to lose a lot of your skills and have to relearn them with your new body. So the kind of goal is to push off puberty as much as possible. Goodness me. Now, yeah. is that the same for boys and girls? That's a good question. I, I don't think so. Okay. Makes sense. Yeah. Cause yeah. if you look, cause I know our center of masses are different naturally, Mm -hmm. But I know also we're not growing any weight too much on the front. Right. Um, that would throw off our center of mass. I know some men would like to think so, but <laughs> uh, um, <laughs> your center of mass is pretty much staying the same your whole life at that point. Yeah. And if you look at gymnasts from like the past past, they all look like little boys. Like basically. me. Mm -hmm. They look yeah, like me. They, they have no like curves. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, they look like me in a like tiny little hundred pound, cute little bikini little thing. Totally. Yeah. Yeah. And so now it's kind of nice to see that they're, you know, getting bigger and stronger and they're women. Mm -hmm. And so going back to Simone, I think because she's an adult, um, she kind of has almost like a freedom to make those choices. Mm -hmm. When you're 15 years old competing and you're kind of, your authority figures are telling you what to do. Mm -hmm. I'm not sure, you know, everybody competing at the Olympics has the same, they wouldn't have been able to make that same choice. Like I said, you're like Russian super soldiers because mm -hmm. you're literally being trained, your body's being trained before it's meant to be trained and your brain's being trained and in like, a certain yeah. way. Delaying puberty, like that just sounds wild. So like, did you feel like that? Like when... Oh. You were when it came to decisions or lack thereof, making decisions for yourself. Yes, a hundred percent. Oh man. Mm -hmm. And like, what's that like? And like, has that had a residual effect on you like today? Yes. Oh my goodness. <laughs> yeah. So part of me being lost when I finished gymnastics at nineteen was, well, one, I didn't know who I was outside of a gymnast, mm. but also because of my upbringing um, in the gym and sort of the culture that was there, I only knew what to do um, based on what I was told. Mm -hmm. And so I was lost because I didn't have that person anymore making decisions for me. Mm -hmm. And so I looked to other people for validation and like I, I couldn't make a decision to save my life for like little things, let alone, you know, which university I should go to. But mm -hmm. it, it was, yeah, it wasn't, it wasn't good. I didn't have any confidence at all. Um, and so, yeah, that was 
un pretty uncomfortable. When <laughs> would that have been the well when played. I would that have yeah. would that have been when I met you? Would that be or after? No, you. The, the, I'm talking the, the community, community living. Community living. Yeah. Mm, it would have been closer to that point. Okay. In time, but I was early 20s then. Okay. So yeah, like I mean, I stopped when I was 19. I didn't get help for a lot of things until I was actually like three or four years ago. Okay. So when you met me, I was probably not the same person I am sitting here right now. Okay. Figuring some shit out. Yeah. Well, it's been a while since I've seen you because when you, when was the last time I saw you? Well, I often would go, I don't know if you, well, you don't, I don't know if think you know this, but uh, wait, what's the part of the hospital you work in again? <laughs> Cardiology. Cardiology. Oh, there you go. Yeah. <laughs> I remember some things. I remember some things. Yeah, there yeah. we go. You're, um, you're getting better. So um, I knew Ange worked in cardiology. I didn't know that you worked there. So then I would go visit Ange and would see you in there. So like when I had like my meetings and stuff for like do it for Sarnia, I would just pop in and just say what up. And I had my own badge because I worked on the uh, foundation. <laughs> oh, right? that's cool. So I would just because you need a badge to get yeah. in that door. So I yeah. would just buzz in. And I can't remember a couple of like your coworkers were always wondering, how does he fucking get in? Here? <laughs> yeah. Fucking just black guy rolling around. I'm like, what the just, fuck? And then someone once even asked me, Are you a patient? And yeah. I'm like, Come on. Rude. <laughs> <laughs> Racist. <laughs> Actually, I'm here so for So you guys are the kind of similar stories in the sense that around mm -hmm. 18, 19, you both kind of in a way had to rediscover yourselves. I don't, I don't, I don't want to put labels on your stories, but I think you had like a major, it seems like a major change in your lifestyle. I guess in a way, yeah. That you'd have to adapt to. Well, I'm, I'm an 80, I'm an, there you go. I am an 88. I'm an 87. I'm an 87. You're an 87. Yeah, yeah, fuck you, 88. <laughs> Sorry, podcast family. Jesus. Love you guys. Uh, so I guess, <laughs> I never looked, I, honestly, I never would make that connection, would have made that connection between you and I. Um, I guess my moment in life, you know, my big, you know, when I had my accident, that was 2006. So around the time when you finished, would that have been around the same? Yes. Is that the same year? You both kind of went from identifying <coughs> like with athleticism, Absolutely. team sport, yeah. like I, gymnastics, not so much team. That's the weird thing about gymnastics mm -hmm. too, eh? It's like a team, but super self. Yeah oriented like i can i know that from skateboarding that challenge factor of yourself and if you're like a competitive person you can never win like even with your teammates right. though like because you have teammates yeah you, ha you do not? but you don't yeah like. so yeah i mean I, I did have teammates and when you compete for canada there are other girls like on your team competing for canada but there's also the individual aspect to it. So you kind of compete and do your best. You don't want to let the team down so that mm -hmm. Team Canada can yep. win. But then once the individual competition starts, now you're competing against your team members. Mm -hmm. That's the one thing that's in and, and it's the thing is you can never, you can get a perfect score, but you can never be perfect. Like there's always something to improve on. So I can see how that could fuck with your head for Actually lack a lack of better young terms. Age like. Yikes. Like in team sports, you can have a per if you have a perfect season, mm -hmm. you don't give a shit about your fumbles or your mistakes. No. You're like, I have a perfect season. Absolutely. But even when you win a gymnastics event, you're like, well, I could have probably tucked a bit better, flipped a bit tighter, done this a bit better. Yeah. And like you said, even if you have a team, you're still competing somewhat against your team. Yeah. 
So it's like it's it's a weird sport in that sense too. Yeah, it is. It's yeah, because in a way you're not really relying. There's no sort of reliance. Like on, I've never played another sport, but I imagine with soccer, like you can't just play the game yourself. You have to rely on your teammates to mm-hmm. pass the ball and whatever. But yeah, in gymnastics, and for a lot of it, like being in Sarnia, it's a small city, and uh, we don't have like a national training center. Mm-hmm. So when I was on the national team, you would meet up with your girls, your teammates at like, you know, a gym in BC and you would all come from wherever you were coming from, train the week before the competition and then compete together. Very small group. Uh, And and you know who's bringing what kind of. Yeah. Like, you know, okay, shit, here comes Jackie with, and and you know Jackie's from Alberta and you're like, shit, she's got a good tumble. (laughs) You know what I mean? Yeah. So like, do you start to get to know everybody in that sense too? Yes. But while you're competing as a team, you're also fighting for the all around spot. So it's so... I mean, so let let me clear that up. You represent? Did you represent Canada? I did. I'm trying. I'm, I mm-hmm. just kind of deduced that. I don't know if we officially said that. So like, let that oh, be yeah. known. She's represented Canada all over the world. Yeah, I know you said she's all over the world. <laughs> so that was actually representing Canada. Eh? Yes. That's cool. Notice that. <laughs> yeah, that. <laughs> thank you. Dan never appreciates my wordplay, and I have to call it out myself to appreciate it so finally someone that appreciates i can't blush but yeah i get i blush because like i'm like i feel like sometimes i find him embarrassing (laughs) (laughs) so you were now what would that have been like pan am games commonwealth game like there's so many different i don't know the different levels and things like that can you give a little context to that yeah so i was actually on the junior canadian team so what's junior um, it's just an age bracket. Okay. So like peewee or something in like sports. Yeah. Peewee is the weirdest word for like a stage. <laughs> I think bracket. all the words are odd. I know. Midget, it's like phantom, peewee. What kind of like, creep who, was making those who fucking did this? titles? Yeah. Oh, mosquitoes one. Sexy. <laughs> do you know that one? Yeah. Minor mosquito, major the mosquito. Sexy like, age yeah. group, the yeah. 18 to 19, <laughs> right? When you, <laughs> that's not a group. Oh, that's no. There's no one oh, calls it sexy. I thought I was on the 18 to 19-year-old sexy baseball team. Oh, my, my gosh. This guy. Oh. See what I mean? Yeah. That's what I'm talking about. Look at that smile, though. Look at that smile, though. Look at that smile. <laughs> All right. So you're on the team. So, ju- yeah. so yeah. what's junior in the sense of gymnastics? Because junior in the sense of, that's what I'm trying to get a grasp for, too, because gymnastics mm-hmm. is a bit, you might shift that age bracket a bit mm-hmm. to the younger side. So what's junior? Okay. Well, actually, we'll start with novice, because it starts with novice, and I know that when I was 10, I was novice. So I'm just going to reference me because I, yep. I don't. Okay. So from, I think, maybe 10 and 11, I would have been novice. Then 12, 13, 14, junior. Okay. And then I think 15 and up, senior. But That's crazy that 15, 15. and up is considered yeah. senior. It might be, like, you might be able to do one more year of, of junior if you're 16, but girls competing at the Olympics are 16. Yes. So I feel like that. So is, is that like it. generally 16 and up? You could be against yeah. that girl that's 42. Yes. That's wild. Yeah. That's crazy to think. Yeah. So, and I, I wanted to ask you like before I forget and cause I will, if we just keep going um, on the sense of um, gymnastics and the team aspect of it, are you familiar with like UCLA and their gymnastics squad? Yes. And, like, how much of a team they are compared to, like, other teams, it seems. Yes. They always seem to be in the top rank. Like, I, I 
don't know tons about gymnastics, but I know a little bit. And I know that their whole ideology is a little different than most schools where they're like all doing the routine on the side of the stage with the girls cheering right. them on. Yeah. And I'm like, I've never seen that before. And yeah. I don't know if that's the first place I did it. Do you know much about that or are you aware of that or? Yeah. So I know that college gymnastics is entirely different from amateur gymnastics okay yeah um it's a lot more fun yeah uh, you'll notice that the girls are smiling and cheering and they're allowed to you know like you said do the routines on the side of the floor with them um a little more a little more shimmy and shake to yeah. the routines uh, as well yes yeah it's it's a more relaxed fun atmosphere um i never competed uh in college but just i know because just from being in the in the world of gymnastics um I would say you use the word little soldiers and I use that too. Mm -hmm. Amateur gymnastics, you're kind of brought up to be very stoic and, you know, cry on the inside if you're going to cry at all. Um, brought up just, to be Russian. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> like no emotion. <laughs> um, I'm pretty sure Russians invented yeah. gymnastics. It's the, only, it's the only answer. We'll discover yeah. that yeah. after this. Yeah. I'll look at yeah. it after this. Um, so yeah, it's a total shift. Once you go to college, it's more about fun and teamwork and cheering each other on. And, um, so is that then with, is that considered two different lanes then? Would you say there's college gymnastics and there's competitive gymnastics? Yes. Because I, I would assume that kind of just changed my perspective, but also made me realize very quickly that makes a lot of sense. Cause I would assume gymnastics like any other sport. You go to college, get drafted into the professional. If you guys didn't see me, I did air quotes. You get drafted, then you become a pro. But like you said, most Olympic athletes are 17, 18, mm -hmm. not even college age. Mm -hmm. So I guess you've got to make that choice then. Do I want to be competitive or do I stay? You can do both. You can do So there, yeah. there are some oh. that do both? Yeah. Okay, so interesting. That's interesting. Well, yeah. because once you go to the Olympics, unless you're Simone and go to multiple Olympics, right. um, but you, you know, typically you would go to one and then you're at that age where you would start university or college. Oh, so then you'd maybe so then go you would back. So it's the opposite almost of like most sport transitions. Yeah, it is the opposite. Interesting. Yeah. So you would get scouted. Um, I was scouted at one of my last nationals and they kind of they kind of come and like you know pick you out you don't have to be on the national team or anything you can be provincial level mm -hmm. and still go to college and do college gymnastics in the states obviously if you're an olympic gold medalist then they're gonna probably choose you easy, first easy, yeah. but it the level of gymnastics is not as difficult in college so you can you can just kind of come up in the gymnastics world and that can be your goal. I just, you know, not just, I shouldn't say that, but that's no, no, kind no. of, I've been brainwashed to think that way. Well, I think also in the last five to 10 years, there's been a shift in gymnastics in society in the sense that like, I'm aware of gymnastics through people. Like I got her name here, so I don't mess it up. Caitlin Ohashi or whatever. Do you know who that is from UCLA? Do you know who Caitlin? It's his favorite. Really? I love her, but oh way. yes, I know who she is now. <laughs> exactly, yeah. I show you, and you know who she yeah. is. So that's why I'm saying this. So it's kind of interesting that before her, you only heard of gymnastics once every four years, mm -hmm. and she's kind of, and she's been like kind of given that title too as a pioneer of bringing it into the mainstream. One because she's told she's too thick to do gymnastics, mm -hmm. and two she's pulling ten out of ten floor routines. Yes. 
And three, like I said about the team dynamics, you never see that. You see the team all dancing with her. Yeah cheering her on and that went viral people are like what the fuck's going on what is this this is gymnastics this is gymnastics yeah, yeah wait a minute there's like a girl that doesn't look like she's gonna break doing flips <laughs> exactly she's like, having fun and yeah, looks like she's having and fun. she's smiling and like it literally went viral and then now i found myself watching the ucla um gymnastics team introduction video for the year it That's was like awesome. six minutes live and they're all doing like flips <laughs> around and like pointing and being like it's kate yeah and like all this stuff and they, they kind of brought it into the mainstream in the sense of like going against like everyone's everything you said like the grain of everything where she's like thicker she doesn't mm -hmm. give a shit she's having fun on the floor routine yeah and I think she's making money now. She's doing TV shows. She's getting sponsorships, which I imagine when you were younger, like, that was never in any of the future plans to be on like Dancing with the Stars or anything <laughs> like that. No. Well, one, they didn't probably exist. No. There, but there the, the was a rule, though. Like, as an amateur sport, you weren't allowed to do anything yeah. to make money. Correct. You, you couldn't do both. Yes. It was one or the other. It's like, that's why, like, Michael Phelps is like a unique. Um, stud in the sense of Olympic sports is he was one of the few that actually broke away from just the sport and was able to get some like pop culture influence. So gymnastics, same thing. Until this started happening, it was basically under the rug once every four years yeah. it pops up and super athletes appear out of nowhere. Yeah. I think it's easier too for the general population to understand university college gymnastics because the scoring is still out of 10. And mm -hmm. in the Olympics now, gymnastics, it changed when I was still in the sport. I can't remember what year. But the scoring is not at a 10. There's no ceiling. So they, you Wait, get... Wait, what? Yeah. No so you have, you have a mark based on difficulty. And then you have a, a score based on... Um, Execution? Yeah, like deductions and stuff like that. Okay. And they combine them together. So you'll see the scores now are like 16.9, 17.3. Like it doesn't, it do I have a hard time making sense of yeah. it because I left the sport when it was just transitioning. So for the general population, it's not like when, you know, before she got a 9.5. Yeah. And then you right. can understand. Like figure skating. Like figure skating. Drop yeah. the lowest, drop the highest. Yeah. Let's go. Yeah. 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 Um, now, I think if I'm not wow. mistaken, too, in gymnastics, especially tumbling, they have minimum requirements, too. Like you have to hit this. You have to hit that, I think. Like a difficulty? Like a like certain, certain tricks within the routine, I believe. Yeah. You they have to like do certain ones and then they give you room for whatever you want to do. Yeah. Is it like diving though? Do you know where you have to declare your trick before you do it? Like you have to declare your run? You do in vault. So when I was yeah. so things may be very different now. Yeah. I was this is going back like Don't worry, if we have any years. if we have any gymnasts like <laughs> listening that want to call us out on yeah. the comments, hey, at least we're getting some algorithm comments. There we go. Give yeah. us all the comments. Yeah, feel free. <laughs> oh, this, this is interesting. Um yeah, so when I was in gym, you had to declare what vault you were doing before right. you did it. And so it, each vault had a number associated with it. So where you stand... A predetermined, mm -hmm. a predetermined score if you did it yeah. perfect. So you knew if you would do it perfect, you'd get 9.5 or whatever it yeah. is. Right. Yeah. Okay. A start, yeah, they called it a start value. So it, this this is where it starts at, and then based on if you, how many steps you take or if your leg is bent, mm. right? They they start deducting. So you so that that's kind of oh. it's interesting Shit. that that's a base psychology 
of gymnastics that you're never gaining score, you're only ever losing score. <gasps> Do you think yeah. about that as a kid? Like yeah. how much that fucks with you? It's like it's day like one, you're perfect. You, you can choose anything after that. But it's that. not even you're perfect. It's like, and the thing is, is you can choose the perfect jump, but even then, somebody's choosing a more perfect jump than you. It's like, unless you choose the fucking 20 out of 20 jump and nail it perfect, you're never going to feel... Adequate. Adequate, I imagine. I mean, I imagine you felt adequate, but it's that always trying to chase yeah. that. Like, whereas if you're in baseball, you hit that home run, mm-hmm. you do the Jose Batista walk-off, it's nothing feels better in the heart, you know what I mean? Yeah. It's interesting that it's based around deduction instead of awardation. I made up yeah. the word. <laughs> I know but what it you worked. mean, though. Awardation. <laughs> yeah, I think, Kate, so mark that, Webster's Dictionary, <laughs> awardation. <laughs> but, yeah, it's interesting yeah. that, like, because that's kind of mess with you as a kid that you determine, hey, this is what I want to achieve, and then they just deduce you from there. Yeah. I guess I never thought of it th- when you say it out loud like that. Yeah, that is that is how it was. And it does affect you because yeah. you're never. Yeah. Your start value, you know, before the scoring changed was 10. How many people ever got a 10? And that's on the hardest trick, though, because like you can normally I've seen like the competitions are choosing tricks that are like eight, eight point five because you don't want to choose a 10 because then well, you're going to fall. No, so what what you're talking about, skills have letters. They're rated okay. by letters. Okay. So a is the easiest, and then it goes up from there. Right. So when I was in gymnastics, an E was like, you you maybe only had like one E on every routine, if okay. that. Now I think the scoring goes above that. And so how this, they do the score on difficulty and then the score on execution, like Simone Biles' floor difficulty level blows everyone else out of the water she's doing stuff so right. like she already is starting at a higher start value yeah, than yeah. everyone else um but yeah like so if you had a routine and it was only made up of a moves yes yeah yeah i mean you would first of all you wouldn't be competing at a no, high level exactly but yeah the harder the move it is the you know the riskier it is to execute perfectly mm-hmm. so you kind of have to have a balance of something you can handle without, you know, you don't want to fall five times off beam because then what was the point of doing all that difficulty? Exactly. Learning that, so much. That's here. even got to mess with your head, though, because even, like, when you do something perfect, there could be someone who did just that, like, one trick that's a little better perfect. You're like, yeah, oh, I thought I just did a good job. What's going and on And even though here? your trick was more difficult, they did a much lesser trick, and they nailed it. Yeah. And then yours just doesn't add up because... It's interesting, too, because yeah. it's such an expressive art, and whereas skateboarding, it was just in the Olympics, and there was a lot of interpretive judging going on. Mm-hmm. So there was n- it's not like predetermined scores, and maybe because it's the first year, maybe they might advance to that. But I see skateboarding and gymnastics very similar when it comes to, say, the floor routine, like as to a one-minute routine for skateboarding, whereas skateboarding, though, it's very interpretive. It's like style this that whereas gymnastics is you have to do this you have to do that Mm -hmm. and very rigid in its scoring or very rigid in its uh what would it be called labeling of things (laughs) yeah (laughs) yeah yeah so there's there's specific moves um 
I don't know, for example, on Beam, there was a move named after a girl. Um, it's called a Yang Bow. Just she was from China and Definitely she did. Definitely Chinese. Yeah. It was this beautiful leap on Beam. And you could do the same thing. Like I used to do it, but if the judge didn't think it was to the caliber um, of, of her of her, it didn't count. You so never, then yeah, yeah. it would go from a D what? move to a C move. Yeah. Just based off of what it's so subjective. Like it's yeah. It's yeah. weird. And it's based off whoever the judge is. Yeah. yeah. There's a panel of judges, so at Correct. least but, but it's, yeah. it's it's weird though. But it's not it's subjective, but not like interpretive. Where like you can kind of do your own flair, and they're like, "Look at that, look nice." It's no, you have <laughs> to do it like this way. Yeah. You have to talk. You have to like yeah. whatever. This light has to be here. You could flare if you wanted, but that doesn't count for anything. No, even though it looks cooler. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. And it's weird. And I guess that kind of comes when you mention where the colleges differs. Yeah. Where they can throw in those cute dance moves that I'm like, hey, look at that <laughs> dance move in between. She's shaking her booty. Right. Whereas in the Olympics, I guess that's why you never see it. That, that, that actually answers a lot for me why the sport differs so much in those two arenas. Because mm -hmm. I'm like, why is she having fun out there? See, that's not part of gymnastics. Yeah. <laughs> see, I didn't know that so much. I didn't know there was much of a difference between college and... And like, yeah. you know, when someone leaves college, they probably feel a lot different than when they do leave as an amateur. Mm -hmm. it, yeah. Wow. That's yeah. You got to get up in the world of gymnastics, Dan. I gotta, I gotta, Come on. Well, I don't really, I'm not really watching the Olympics right now or anything. I, I got rid of my cable. I'm not really watching anything these days. Like, I just watch movies or... Yeah, you just whatever. watch Harry Potter and cartoons <laughs> all the time. That's what's up. That's what's up. <laughs> Trying to do so, business with the guy who's watching cartoons. So if we can, like... So circling back to, you know, or I don't know if we've touched on this yet, but, you know, how you were afterwards and like, you know, finding, I guess, like your identity following gymnastics, like what you hear that too. That was weird. Is that you? I think it was me. That's just your elbow. I think it was my function. elbow. Yeah. Okay. yeah. I was like, what? It was tripping me out for a second. And I, didn't want to, I thought it was your janky headphones. No, that's your like, janky <laughs> ass elbow. That's what that is. Um, Got to tighten that thing up. Yeah. But um, uh, and I guess like finding your identity following gymnastics. Like, tell me like more about that. Like, what was that like? Like, you know, feeling like that lost feeling. And like, you said that you just st recently started getting like help for it. I guess three, mm -hmm. you said three years ago. Yeah. Now? Yeah. And so like, walk me through that. Like what led you to want to get help for it? Yeah. And like discovering your identity as well. Right. Like, yeah. So <clears throat> after I quit and went through that whole thing, period where I was completely lost. Um, I was pretty depressed and I debated going back to gym because I didn't know what else to do and I couldn't find myself anywhere else. Um, but that also wasn't an option. I wasn't going to go back to gym. Um, Is gym gymnastics? Oh, yep. Sorry. That's okay. Yep. And that one year of teaching mm -hmm. that you mentioned, was that just kind of out of natural progression? Yeah, I started coaching when I was still a gymnast and then the transition of me stopping happened while I was still coaching and mm -hmm. then it was kind of like, oh, okay, I can't I can't. So it was just, just coach. The, it was just there for that one year and then Right. Gone. Okay. Yeah. Okay. And then I kind of completely, you know, turned my back altogether on the sport. Um it wasn't so much the sport that I was turning my back on though. It mm -hmm. was just all the things that were happening behind the scenes mm -hmm. um 
And so, tell us what you can about that, or tell us what you can't, but go ahead. Yeah, so, well, okay, so there was lots of things that were happening behind the scenes, um, and I didn't really end how I wanted to end. I, I, I feel like I still wanted to chase that Olympic dream, mm -hmm. um, but I couldn't handle, um, there was a, we'll just call it abuse because that's what it was, mm -hmm. um, mm -hmm. going on. And it got to a point where I couldn't safely handle it anymore. And I made the decision to stop. Um, as hard and scary as that was, mm -hmm. I did it because the alternative was worse. Right. So um, I went to university, I went to Western, and then, um, you know, graduated, then went off to college um, to get an actual career, and then... <laughs> that's what they tell <laughs> you. That's, that's how, how it works. That's what the society <laughs> tells you. Was that university gymnastics, is that not a thing in Canada? It is not. So, so like, let oh. that be known, collegiate sports in the United States are way more prominent than Canada. Yes. Canada's kind of making moves lately with basketball, football a bit. Basketball's coming up. But collegiate sports better, but in Canada, mm -hmm. that's not, so basically it's not an option. Is what you're saying. Yeah, not yeah. for gymnastics. Yeah. and Sorry, not, yeah, not collegiate sports in general, but gymnastics. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, definitely if you want a full ride scholarship, um, the States is where it's at. Yeah, you're, it's, there's nowhere like in Canada, like UCLA, where they have, like, that's the hype of the school. Is right. The gymnastics yeah. squad. Yeah, exactly. Okay. Yeah. yeah. Um, so then I moved back to Sarnia and kind of in the midst of my school and sort of, um, I was not in the bubble. I like to, uh, call it a bubble that I grew up in the just training 25 hours a week. And then, you know, at one point I did leave Sarnia cause my coaches at the time went to a different city. I mm. followed them there cause I was already on the national team. I lived with them for those two years. Then we moved back continued training and then you know it ended um and so while I was at school I started getting nightmares and it was you know I had some anger issues I had regrets from the past all these things that I thought I just kind of left at the door when I walked out of the gym yeah. were all coming back and so I figured this newfound freedom I had and actually getting to be social and like do things. I was on the cheerleading team for a couple of years, which was awesome and fun, uh, totally different from the gymnastics I had experienced. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Um, but I couldn't outrun everything that had happened. So, you know, I started getting a little bit of help and then I, you know, stop. And then some other life change would happen and I'd be like, okay, everything's fine again. And then, you know, the nightmares would start again or, you know, other things would manifest at my work life. I'd have, you know, anxiety or just I'd bring work home with me and there was no reason for that. And, you know, I'd be fighting with my husband and fighting with my family and it was all kind of coming to a head. Um, so then, yeah, I finally took a leave from work, um, which was super scary and something that I was brought up not to do because one, you know, we don't cry. We, you know, we don't need help. I can handle it on my own, all those things. Rub and so, some dirt on it. <laughs> yeah. 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 Just walk it off. Walk yeah. it off. Um, so I took some time, I got some help and I've actually still been seeing, you know, the girl I've been seeing every week for the past 
three over three years now. Yeah. And so, yeah, things finally sort of talking about what happened and processing through it. And it'll be a lifelong thing, but oh, yeah. it... Uh, Was the regret, do you think, rooted in not achieving what you wanted to achieve in the sport and, like leaving before you achieved it or was the regret like what was it rooted in do you think I don't I don't want to pry too hard but yeah no that's okay um yeah there was definitely regret with that with yeah. you know I always wanted to go to the Olympics right and everybody who knew me knew that and I trained for 15 years of my life to do that one that's thing. basically the end goal of gymnastics yeah. what else is there right yeah, yeah that was my end goal and so that was hard to come to terms with, the fact that that wasn't going to happen. Um, and also regret for, I had this secret, you know, I mentioned abuse and that had been happening for some years and I never said anything. I felt like I could handle it myself. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Um, and I think things kind of ended when they did, not in a great way. And I regret not coming forward, but... You know, looking back, I was a kid. I will say as well, like being 87, mm -hmm. it wasn't as uh, popularized, I guess you could say, that kind of stuff. Like the idea, even, the, even the phrase coming forth. Mm -hmm. Oh. Like wh what, okay. what was that back when we were younger? You yeah. know what I mean? It really wasn't an idea or a concept that didn't exist until after. Mm-hmm. So, like, unless you were a real, real groundbreaker yeah. and, like, basically invented the term, it, it, it just, it just kind of went under the rug kind of yeah. thing, sadly. Yeah, for sure. That's crazy. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. And, like, when you mentioned nightmares, mm -hmm. um, did you ever tell, like, your husband about them, like, when they started? Like, because you guys have been together for a while. Yeah. Um, so I'm assuming he's, you know, well-versed in, you know, the things like in the trauma that you were experiencing and like, but like the nightmares specifically, like, would you tell him about them? Yeah. So <clears throat> this is, yeah. Um, yeah. So he kind of knew things were amiss, even without me having to really uh -huh. come and say something. Mm -hmm. Um, <laughs> also, yeah. So I had to hide that kind of it stuff is after really, a while. Yeah. Right? You think you're doing a good job yeah. as like a single tear rolls down your <laughs> face at dinner. You're like, I'm happy. What do you mean? <laughs> yeah. Things are fine. <laughs> yeah, things are fine. <laughs> yeah. Um, but there was actually certain, certain things that happened and Kieran Oh, you can say his name. Okay. That's oh, yeah, his name is fine. <laughs> Shout out my man. Shout out my man. <laughs> Shout out okay. my man. Um, you know, he <clears> would <throat> actually, he was the one who ultimately went to my parents without me even knowing. Because at oh. the time, we weren't married yet. And yeah. he's like, okay. Wow, MVP. I think. Oh. Boyfriend. Yeah. Definitely say his name. Yeah. Oh, yeah. That's husband material right there. Yeah. My boy. <laughs> Fuck yeah. That takes a lot of balls, too. That does. Yeah. That's guts. I hate yeah. to use the term balls in 2021. Oh, man. That takes. That masculinity uh, confidence true. you don't want to relate all that but, but yeah. that's tough takes a lot that's of balls very to difficult do for him yeah. to do because yes. like you know he's got your best yeah. interest at heart and like yeah. that's but he doesn't want to like man could walk away like yeah that. man mm -hmm. could walk away man mm -hmm. could do anything could walk away. 100%. Yeah, 100 percent he could walk yeah. away like, what the yeah. fuck is happening with this shit oh and yeah yeah. Excuse my language again, but, like, that's, but yeah. that's sometimes I've seen it happen. Yeah. Like, just mm -hmm. you see somebody going through shit, and I've seen partners be like, nope. He could have bowed out. Absolutely. Yeah. That's, yeah. But continue, continue. Yeah. Yeah. So, so sure. another shout out, my man. <laughs> 
Yeah. So yeah, he went to my parents and like all those things you guys just said happened. I was pissed at him for, you know, going to them. Um, They didn't know to the extent of what was happening behind the scenes. That's interesting. Yeah. I, I wasn't ready to talk for me. I was just, it was going to the grave with me like and so but obviously you know you can't really do that it it manifested physically and emotionally and all those things and it was just putting you know a huge block on our relationship and then I also have a history of self-harm and that was kind of you know coming to light and Mm -hmm. so he just was like I don't know how to help you but I need to help you in some way I want to help you yeah exactly yeah so that was a huge kind of pivotal moment. And then, um, yeah, back in 2017, I think it was, someone actually came forward on my behalf. They called the police and started this whole investigation um, about the abuse that they somewhat witnessed, but also kind of thought was happening. A little hearsay. A little, mm-hmm. yeah. And so, yeah, I... <coughs> The real healing started when I went into the police station and told the truth. Yep. And then it's been three, over three years now since, and it's still a process. But, like, did you feel lighter after that? Eventually. At first, it felt like my world was crumbling. Okay. Because, yeah, I just, I felt lost again and I was angry at this person because it wasn't their story to tell Mm. Um, and I felt like my world was blowing up and also you know my coach's life was blowing up and for what and just you know I didn't want to talk about all the stuff that happened it was buried or so I thought yeah yeah yeah. so you think exactly (laughs) and so yeah but you know eventually over time it forced kind of forced me in a way to get the help that I needed. And then it's been the best thing that ever happened. So shout out to the girl that, you know, was brave enough to come forward Mm -hmm. on my behalf. Like that's shout out to you too. Cause it, anything, things like that, like I was saying, it takes a trailblazer to come forth and like actually put a foot down on things like that. And whether you realize it or not, it helps people in the future as well. And absolutely like Mm -hmm. shout out to you because you know, when you, like I said, you came to us recommended, but you know, hearing this, you know, I've always said, you know, everyone should tell their story because we don't know which story is the one that's going to change everything, Mm -hmm. but everyone has a story. So you know, what is it that's preventing us from doing it? Well, shit, a lot of fear. Like, oh my goodness. Like, you know, it changes everything when we do tell our story. But like, that's that, that's part of the juice though. It's like mm-hmm. when that story comes out, like it provides a space for not only yourself to heal, but like it also provides almost like a wick or a spark for someone else to do so as well. So like, you know, you just being here alone, like that's just like, uh, I I man, I don't even know how to get the words out, but like props <laughs> to you. Honestly, props to you. Thanks. Because that's 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 hella dope. Thank you. It man. is. It, it's crazy that <clears throat> I will say it's crazy that as you're saying that, and and this is just total self-reflection and objective observation. Is I'm sadly not surprised about what you're saying. Because it's so related to the culture of it now mm. that there's so many stories now that now people are like, this, this, and I'm like, 
Well, I, I think I've heard something similar to that before. Not, and it doesn't take away anything from your story. Mm-hmm. But it's just crazy to think that, it, like, you know, and I hate to make the, the reference like the Catholic Church and priests. Mm-hmm. It's that kind of connotation where it's like um, now related to that. It's associated it's with. Associated yeah. with it's associated with it. It's very unfortunate. Like that's Big very, time. Very I d- yeah. Like you would have never guessed until people like you come forth, which is, which is why it's so awesome that it's so prominent in that culture because it's such a niche culture st- as well. Mm-hmm. And because like you parents don't know, they just send their kids away. And they come back amazing gymnastics. That's what I was just going to say. That is that like you're such amazing athletes. Like there is no football Mm -hmm. player who could do that. There's no baseball player. There's no tennis player who could. There's. I don't know another sport that could do what gymnasts do. The closest thing I can relate to, I would say, is any dudes listening that have grown up in the hockey community. It sounds very niche. Except the hockey community is team based. I never played hockey in my life, but it's it sounds similar where. If you were, if you had a parent that really introduced you to hockey at a young age, you're at the arena from 5 a.m. to fucking school, and then you go after, mm-hmm. and then all of a sudden at 19, if you don't get drafted to the NHL, you're like, your your dad's disappointed in you, and you're like, wait a minute, what just happened to my life? <laughs> so like any guys listening, if you don't think you can relate, it's a very similar situation. In Would that you agree sense. with that? Like it's similar, like in that sense, like. With when it comes to like hockey and like that culture and like how I don't know if the culture per okay, se, culture, but I meant yeah, more like for like, like self-identity in such a sport okay, being yeah. so yeah. hardcore okay. from such a young age yeah. in okay, Canada. See you now, yeah. Canada, like maybe in the states, there's more basketball or football, but Canada, mm-hmm. the, the hockey, you get indoctrinated into it at such a young age. Yeah. That I knew people in grade four that like yeah I got to get up at four a.m. and do power skating head to hockey and all this stuff and then they never ended up in the nhl and i was like right well shit was that a waste of time or did you enjoy it kind yeah. of thing yeah so i was just trying to make that correlation maybe to some guys that are I listening feel, yeah, yeah i yeah. feel you now I feel that you might now. be like well i'm not a gymnast i can't relate to this it's, I, just, it's I just remembered something um when you know before we came on um there were like a list of like uh comfort zone things yeah do you still have it on you yeah can we yeah, can we it. jump in? Is it okay? Can we jump yeah, into that? Yeah, fuck yeah, baby. <laughs> Let's like, get it. I was I was like, oh man, because I I love yeah. this. I love this. But uh, I made it because I was like, I don't I don't know. Like I was just so nervous, and I'm like, I don't know what we're gonna talk about. And Do you still feel nervous though? No. By Where the way, shout out Frederick Ludwig John. Do you know who that is? Who? He's the father of gymnastics, Frederick Ludwig John, J A H N, founder of the Russian Turnverein. Movement. Russian? Is credited for the rapid spread of gymnastics throughout the world. Sounds I don't know. German. Ger- sounds that's German. German. Say, that's, yeah. that's German as can be. I feel like it was actually one of the <laughs> first sports <laughs> in the Olympics, which I was w- in Greece. I will say this, though. That on the note of all the controversy yeah. of gymnasts wearing bodysuits, mm-hmm. mm-hmm. we can all we all know about that. If, you, if you're listening, you don't know, quick summary. I think, actually... Ironically, I think Germany is the first team to wear full body suits. You're right. That's ironic, eh? Like, there we go. There's some irony. (laughs) Hmm. But so the idea is a lot, some of the women, because some really enjoy the outfits, some of the women are saying they don't want to be sexualized in the bikini style, bathing suit style, 
Yes. Well, what are they called? What, was what, that gymnastics or was that leotards. another sport? It was actually volleyball. I think you're referring to beach volleyball. You're referring no, to beach terms. No, I'm referring to um, gymnastics as well. Yeah, the German team, they are wearing like yeah. full body piece. Oh, they the are? German team, the same oh. thing, it's the same yeah. thing as, a, um, as the beach, beach volleyball, volleyball thing. Oh, okay. Not to, be, okay. not to be sexualized. But let's just look at the term gymnastics is derived from the Greek word meaning to exercise naked. No, it does not. Yeah, I Word? Did a, yeah, I did a project one time in like grade two. I remember that. My eyebrows are raised because then that kind of like changes my perspective. They almost have to change the name of the sport then. You got to do it naked, <laughs> yeah. I guess. Now we're wearing too many clothes. <laughs> I wonder what the wrestling. Uh, yo, is. wrestling. Like, they should. Just... Yo, all those guys should be naked and oiled up. That's yeah, what I'm saying. Can. This is a no. This isn't. I don't want to just see girls naked at the Olympics. I want to see some guys well, naked. If they're gonna go, do it. If you're gonna, I want to yeah. see some guys naked, oiled, wrestling. I want the uh, the hairy you know Iranian man. Enough, I'd pay for that. Yeah. I'd pay to see that. That yeah, Iranian man with the hairy shoulders yeah. versus the Amer all American blondie. Let's go. All right. On that note, yeah. Let's. Yeah. <laughs> but that's interesting though that it is derived from the term to exercise naked. On the note of all the. Um, with all the um, controversy con going yeah, on, that yeah. the sport is literally a naked sport. Mm -hmm. That's kind of weird. Well, it derives from one. It's not a literal naked sport. I mean, you go back to the old Olympics. They were wrestling naked, and uh, Spartans were doing calisthenics naked. So exercise goes better naked. I, I wouldn't want to do the balance beam naked, though. I'll tell you that much. <laughs> Would it really make a difference? No, That's it wouldn't good. make a difference. You hit one of those things, yeah. it's over. Like, no, it's I would just feel so much more vulnerable <laughs> on a balance beam naked. I don't know why. It would just feel vulnerable. Really? Oh, yeah. More vulnerable than running down a vault runway? That looks That insane. would be very vulnerable <laughs> naked. Oh, my God. Oh my Imagine God. The, the 60 frame per second slow-mo if you're running <laughs> naked. <laughs> About to hit a vault, like the spring vault jump. Oh my <laughs> god, that'd be terrible. Man. Oh, my cheeks hurt. Oh, that'd be so bad. <laughs> I'm just imagining now, like, all the Olympic sports. Just naked. naked. All of them naked. Every one of them naked. Okay, guys, we're, we're getting rid yeah. of all the, like, complaints about clothing at the Olympics. Just we're just going naked. <laughs> <laughs> the, we're going the opposite direction. We're going naked Olympics oh, from now gosh. on. All right, hit hit us hit us with the, hit us All with right. something from this from yeah. your list. Yeah, there okay. we go. So we got it pulled up. We're good. We've already talked about some. So dope. Telling the truth about my past. Okay. Asking for help, taking time off from work to care for my mental health. Yep. Um. So around that same time, actually, I, my nurse practitioner mentioned possibly going on some medications to help with anxiety and depression. Mm -hmm. It was kind of situational at the time after that person came forward on my behalf and mm -hmm. I felt like my world was crashing down. Mm -hmm. um, so that was a big thing for me because first and of all, asking for help is huge, but then to like say, I need medication. And how was that like, wouldn't term like real quick, like how, when it comes, like, did you have views about medication in regards to mental health? I did. And like, did you feel that like you were in a situation where you were, you know, going back on like your ideals or your beliefs about it. Yes. A hundred percent. Yeah. That's, that's tough. Yeah. I felt like, um, one, I'm weaker because I need it. Mm -hmm. 
and uh yeah like just kind of that old school i know it was hard for my parents too they kind of you know they were just like oh you don't need that and it's like well mm. you know maybe i do it's and that's okay well there was that late 90s yeah. stigma which is the exact and, and and a lot of people forget about this viewpoint and it's the exact opposite of our viewpoint now was uh, like the pills are making me a zombie mm. that viewpoint so all yeah. of a sudden mental health got like it's not only got forgotten it got like put in a negative aspect mm -hmm. like these but sure some people when you take these pills they'll make you a zombie probably because you don't need them mm. but the person that needs them they make them so they don't want to feel for a lack of better terms like they want to kill themselves mm -hmm. every day right so they like um, exactly mm -hmm. so and and i think a lot of people forget about that because Bell Let's Talk, all that things about ending the stigma has been so strong the last 10 years. We forget that 10 years ago, there was the anti-stigma of mm -hmm. like what you're talking about. It's, it wasn't only that, that you're weak for taking them. It's that they turn you into a zombie or they make you not yourself. Right, or, yeah. And, and they make you not expressive or not emotional. Well, that's what Ritalin was for me. Th and, like, and that's like, the I thing. hated it. Like, See, I, it, I wasn't... I couldn't. I couldn't be me. I couldn't be active. I couldn't. See, I, I can take. Fast. I wasn't quick. I can I take my Adderall, which is ADHD yeah, medicine, yeah. and I'm fine. Yeah. See, like, no, I was a zombie. And that's the thing. Yeah. And and in the end, as much as the doctor may have thought you needed it, you didn't need it. I because it doesn't work. It didn't. Simple as that. My mm -hmm. mom. My mom realized that I this isn't this isn't working. He hates taking these. I don't like him on these. And then mm -hmm. she's like, "Well, let's just get him a bunch of sports." Let's bury his energy let's drown him out and in all sports yeah so. and i think it's because it was over prescribed in like the, the early 2000s all of a sudden they're like wait ritalin adderall let's give it to everybody and then all of a sudden now there's kids that are zombies because like mm. i take a decent dose mm -hmm. and i'm like if i was 14 taking this shit i'd be toasted mm -hmm. like it's like an active drug it's not fun it's no not fun. no so it's like i remember that like the early 2000s late 90s being like it not only it was your weak, it's it turns you into a different person that's not you, quote right. unquote. And it was a scary thought. Like you're like, wait a minute, I don't want to be a zombie. Yeah. And so you know, so after, so you did start taking like, meds for it, and then like, did you find so like go ahead like afterwards like what was? Yeah. So at the time, I was kind of in the middle of my leave from work, mm -hmm. and I was first offered them and I was like, no, I'm not going to do it. And then I, you know, was talking to my girl and, um, we kind of just went back and forth and I journaled about it and then thought, I kind of just thought if I'm going back to work, like you wouldn't send your army in without armor and like guns and stuff. And I just felt like I'm going back onto the battlefield and I'm unarmed. And I'm like a little Russian soldier, <laughs> unarmed little Russian <laughs> gymnast. That's right. Yeah. And so I felt like I'm learning all these tools and how to cope better and stuff. But what if this is just one more, you know, form of armor that can help me? And nice. yeah, I, like I try, I, you know, I was like, I'm just going to be open to it. I'm going to try it. And if it helps, awesome. If it doesn't, then I won't take it. But I just, it, I was so black and white before and this kind of helped she like you know this girl she helped me you know live in the gray and mm -hmm. this I, I mean it's hard I have to practice it every day because I'm yeah. still very much Case like yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah and so yeah I've I'm still taking it and I feel I feel great 
to all the to all the younger people listening as well. If you're born, I think I feel like 87, 88 is the cutoff where there's a big generational divide in that approach to mental health and things like that. Mm-hmm. Where like I know a lot of people born 87 that they're like, I ain't doing therapy or I ain't doing this. Yeah. I ain't doing that. And then I know a lot of 90s that are like, I go to therapy every day. And they're like making Instagram <laughs> posts like selfies with their therapists. And I'm like, right. there's a huge divide in that approach to mental health. Yeah. As much as we want to believe Bell has ended the stigma, there's still that underlying feeling. Right. Yeah. I even remember suggesting to someone who said like, Something out of, like, their basic line was, like, I, like, I know who I am, but my brain doesn't know who I am. I'm, like, so I said, you should see a therapist. And then they got mad at me, and I was, like, wait, I thought we ended the stigma about all this. Like, <laughs> you basically described if you walked into a therapist's office, like, what would be on their pamphlet, like, in, yeah. the, main, yeah. in the main office. But they got mad at me, and I was, like, what? This, and this was, like, a year ago, two years ago. Mm-hmm. And I was, like, yeah. I thought we ended the freaking stigma. Yeah. yeah. So it was, it's definitely, um, I find, and especially with people born 87 or older, you mentioned the idea of any sort of mental health help. They're mm-hmm. just like, Psh, yeah, drink a Coors Light. Fuck that. Yeah, <laughs> pretty much. Yeah, they just kind of cancel it out. But like, I got some buddies yeah. I talk to. That's that's good. Yeah. But there's a lot more going on for sure. Yeah. And then after, after the met. Oh, uh, yeah. So continue. Yeah, continue. Okay. Yeah. Down my list here. Yeah. Um, so trusting myself and my inner knowing again. So yeah, remember how, when I mentioned I left the gym and I didn't know how to make a decision to save my life. Mm -hmm. So what was going on was I always turned to my coach and really he had kind of groomed me to, to constantly need him. Mm -hmm. And it was for everything, like literally like what haircut I should get, what coat I should wear. Um, you know, wearing makeup versus not wearing makeup, which I wasn't allowed, by the mm-hmm. way. Um, so when I left, I still had his voice in my head and I was living with two, two minds, basically. And, you know, everything I did, I was like, OK, what would he say? OK, would he approve of this? Wow. OK. And so when I finally went and got help, um, she kind of described it as two wolves yeah. and Yes. Yeah, the I wolf know, story. The yes. It's Go it, like ahead. totally shifted my perspective. And she said, you know, the one that's going to survive is the one that you feed. feed. And I started feeding my own tiny little voice that was like way in the back there. And eventually, you know, it was really hard because I had never trust. I hadn't trusted myself or listened to my own voice mm-hmm. in like years. Well, you hadn't really had to either I in your, in your right. own mind. Yeah, exactly. That's where the, the, like, the disconnect comes. And yeah. that yeah. wolf never like dissipates. That wolf never leaves. It, there's always two. It oh, just, that always that lingering on the outskirts too. Fed. So as you're saying, it's like yes. that tiny wolf, you just started feeding him. Yes. <laughs> yeah, life changing. She... This girl changed my life. Isn't it funny how like a metaphor like that can open your perspective to things like like if you objectively look at it, that's a little silly. But when you think about it in your own brain and it starts processing, it makes sense. And you're like, yeah, but all right, that's, that's life change. Yeah, 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 100%. We, we have to use metaphors. Yeah. yeah. But yeah, I love this list. Hit yeah. It. Hit <laughs> okay. It. Um, okay. So making decisions without needing validation from others. So like I know I touched on this, but also it, the tiniest thing. So I would let's say go to the mall and pick out a dress. Mm -hmm. And like before, 
I couldn't buy the dress unless I knew somebody else. Like, first of all, I'd think, okay, does my coach, like, what would he think of this dress? Is it flattering? And you how know, many years after this of uh, gymnastics is this? I, it's he's still, he's still in there. Yeah, still. Okay. So, okay. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. So anyways, um, one of my sort of, uh, like practices mm -hmm. was just go to the mall and buy something for yourself. And so a little retail therapy. Treat yourself. Yeah. Retail therapy. That's, like it. that's but literal. It was so scary and it was like super uncomfortable because I had never done it before and I didn't have anybody to turn to to well, I mean, I could have asked the girl working in the store or like sent a photo to my mom, but the the practice was decide for yourself. Yeah. If you like this that's the difference. and buy it. Yep. And so, yeah, that was really hard. But the more I do it, the easier it gets. It's just, you know, I that voice is always in there. Mm -hmm. um, See, that's the first time in my entire life that I've ever heard a story relating to shopping that made sense like and like had like actual depth to it. The, the like term that, where, where the term like retail, retail therapy, therapy actually, actually was real therapy. Yeah, exactly. Oh, that is... That's what I'm saying. That is actually it, yeah. incredible. It's I've real, never real heard of that therapy. until now. Because <laughs> yeah. some people are like, oh, I feel sad. I'm just going to go shop. And like, I'm not saying like, yeah, like sometimes you go, but like, this is, this is the juice. This is finally this my wordplay is being acknowledged. This so let's, is let's also acknowledge that. Actual therapy. <laughs> You didn't invent retail therapy. <laughs> but I just applied it to the situation. Give me but some freaking credit. <laughs> right, continue your list. Okay. Um, <laughs> okay, so setting boundaries was another thing. Mm -hmm. um, I think I look back and sometimes I think I was the perfect candidate to be exploited the way that I was because I'm a people person. Mm. Um, and I know that, you know, some people like thrive on wanting to please the authority figure. And mm -hmm. that was me. Mm -hmm. And so, you know, it was brown nosers. <laughs> yeah, yep. whatever. I'll own it. Um, did you know that came from, <laughs> did you know, like that term, if you think about it, comes from being up someone's ass. Yes, I know. How crazy is that? Continue. Yes, it's crazy. <laughs> so anyways, where, oh yeah. So part of my healing was to, you know, it's okay to say no. Mm -hmm. and not give a reason for it oh that's which, powerful yeah which was i was like no like i just when she told me that i was like no i don't think so i don't think that's a thing and she you did the exact <laughs> the exact thing yeah. she was trying to tell you to yeah. do by accident yeah yeah um but like yeah she had this exercise where she's like you can write yourself a permission slip to do something and i was like what I was like, I can't give myself permission. And like just all these little things blew my mind that I had never experienced in my mm -hmm. life before. And mm -hmm. so as a 30-year-old adult, I'm like, wait, I can give myself permission? And so I started setting boundaries. And like, again, it's a process, but it's helping. Um, it's always a process. I love it. Yeah. And then also discussing uncomfortable topics. Well, look at that. What a coincidence. What a well, coincidence. Would you look <laughs> at that. Is that the last one? That's the last one. Honestly, um, that's perfect because you had mentioned that, you know, your little one needs to get fed. Yeah. And the time is around the corner. It's like. The time is now. The time is now. <laughs> that time is now. Do you see our list now? <laughs> like, we're <laughs> like, oh, yeah, we got to finish up this. Oh. What's your sorry? What's your son's name again? Malcolm. Malcolm, dope. Yeah, yeah we can say we Malcolm. Can say Malcolm. Shout, out. Shout out Malcolm. And like you know, uh, and I didn't even know you were pregnant when like 
you had posted like uh, you're posting photos of your house because your house was getting renovated. You yeah. guys hadn't finished doing your house. Yeah. And then you posted a photo of this baby room. I was like, <laughs> baby room. What? Yeah. And they're like, oh yeah, I'm pregnant. And like, <laughs> like you're at like 38 weeks or something. Yeah. I was like, you were, you were about to have the baby. Yeah. <laughs> I know we did. Yeah, I didn't want to post it just because we we did have some trouble getting pregnant. Okay, and, yeah. you know, I was like, it's still too early. It's still too early. And then it was like 38 weeks. Yeah. And I was like, OK, maybe one picture of the nursery. <laughs> Isn't that weird, though? I, like, this is a completely different podcast. And the note of you saying that, I just want to make mention it to you. Isn't it weird that women are afraid because of like issues like that? They're like, don't announce until what is it, month three or something. Yeah. But then I heard a woman's take on it. It was the most interesting thing. It's like, why are we going through the most painful moments of our lives and not announcing it to people? Because of shame. Yeah. Uh, and it's such yeah, a, like, yeah. like I said, that's a whole, like, let's not get into it. But isn't that interesting that it weaves its way in where you don't want to announce it because things could go wrong. Mm -hmm. But that's the time you would need your community, like, you need your community more when things go wrong than when you're having a successful pregnancy. You need your friends when things go wrong. Yeah. But you also don't announce it, and then people are like, "Well, what are you gonna be a ba like have a baby?" And then it, like, almost like we've the whole idea of this is you compartmentalize and then you don't talk about it. But you need yeah. those people to like speak on your behalf, and then you know. Go to your parents. I mean, and, I'm a dude, you know, so I don't have much say people. on it. Yeah, I'm a dude, so I don't have much say on it. But to all the True. ladies listening. Straight up. Yeah. Don't be scared to announce things <laughs> earlier and get the like the support of your village. Absolutely. I don't know if that's a, if I'm allowed to say things like that. But yeah. No, I, I totally agree with that. Mm -hmm. I just didn't like I mean, there's a difference between social media. Yes. Oh, yeah. And yes. And I'm not yes. calling you like I'm not saying you should have announced. I'm just we're saying, not shaming you now. No, That's no. I'm just it. saying it's interesting how that that um, self shame exists where like people can go through such because we had Cass pain. on and yeah. she had shame about such it. Painful yeah. things and they're like the whole the issue the whole idea is don't announce it so nobody knows. And right. It's like, wait a minute, like I'm going through some shit. Like I need some help. Yeah. So it's just interesting that like that's even woven into conversations. Like I said, whole nother podcast. But yeah. It's just interesting how it's there. I love that that was your last one on your list there being uh uncomfortable. <laughs> That fucking wrapped it up. Yeah. So that we're gonna wrap it up on that. We're gonna get you out of here. Um, yeah, we're gonna get the child fed. Yes, we're gonna we get are the not child being fed. responsible for yes. malnutrition exactly. over here at Coffin Over Comfort. So Mel, thank you. You've been awesome. This was a delight. You're a delight. I can't believe that like I I didn't know you. I thought I knew you, <laughs> didn't know you, now I know you, but yeah, honestly. Uh, this is amazing. Like having and like learning more about you. This has just been incredible. So thank you for doing this. Any thank socials you. or anything you want to shout out? Anything at all? Yeah. Do you do that? Do you want to like? No. Yeah. Shout out Malcolm. Is I, it Malcolm? Yeah. yeah. Shout, shout out Malcolm. Shout out Malcolm. Yeah. Shout out. Malcolm. Shout out and you know what? Husband. Husband. Yeah. yeah. Shout out to all my kick-ass women who have supported me and gone through similar things, and we're kind of doing it together and talking hey. about it. Yeah, shout out to them. There it is. Shout That's out to them. Yes. And thank you for having me on here. Absolutely. Hey, thank you, you for come coming. Back you thank come you, back anytime. Thank you, thank you, thank you, thank you for coming more well, than you know. My name is Dan. Hey, His my name, name is Dan. His name might be Dan. Um, and you're listening to Coffin Over Comfort Zone. Peace. That's it. It's a wrap. You did it.
you have time for a quick pick? Take a selfie.